Hey, 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 it's Casey with the Mojility Networks podcast and our co-host, Philip Tanner. We're talking about my favorite superhero. <laughs> Who's your favorite superhero? The Human Firewall. Now, is that a DC character or is that Marvel? No, we're, we're still talking about cybersecurity, <laughs> okay. but, but we want to talk about a slightly different approach. We get a little wrapped up in the technology, which is an important part of cybersecurity strategy, but often... We don't talk enough about uh, policy procedures, your personnel, training your people so that they're vigilant because while the human firewall is both your first and last line of defense. These people in your organization are are non-technical, but they have to be trained to a a, a thousand foot view. They have to be aware of cybersecurity threats and what to look for, particularly when it comes around um, email and phishing attacks and social engineering attacks. And there's several ways to work uh, training into your policies and procedures, but uh, you know, employees need to be made made aware. To assume that they know these things is it's a non-starter. I mean, you failed already. If you have someone, he or she is great at accounts receivable, and that's why you hired them. They're not cybersecurity <laughs> experts. <laughs> well, and when they get that email that says, hey, by the way, this deposit didn't go through, click here, give us your password, and give us the last whatever. <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah, you got to remember that Know, people are hired for their specific role and they're, they're great at those roles. But if we don't empower them with the right knowledge and the right tools, then uh, we might have a little problem. Wow. Okay. So what's the first thing people need to do to kind of help build that human firewall? Kind of take a realistic assessment and understand where your weaknesses are, as in uh, how much your people may not know. Um, you can do that with some some basic uh, testing or some basic uh, cybersecurity awareness for the individual. We have some uh, free options through some of our port- partners that we can uh, provide to clients so that they can at least increase the the base knowledge. Then we can talk about adopting um, policies and procedures in uh, a regular training program. And, and it doesn't have to be anything anything crazy. For a smaller organization, it can be something that you do uh, once a quarter where you have a lunch and learn session. You buy lunch for your people, you know, have, have staff, some of our staff or, or another company come in and, and train people for like an hour once a quarter. And then you back that up with drills and exercise. And that would include things like ethical phishing attempts. We, we have a product from, from Hook Security that does that. Uh, what it does is uh, you're letting these fake phishing attempts come through on purpose. And if, if someone clicks on the bad link, they get uh, remedial training immediately. And then there's also ongoing training that's also provided as part of the product. And, and that's to just reinf- refresh and, and reinforce the concepts that are delivered at the, the quarterly training sessions, because uh, the quarterly training sessions are much more effective than maybe a company newsletter or something, because uh, we know how well things like that get read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. I, I put one out last week. Casey still hasn't read it. <laughs> hey, I'm getting to it. Okay. <laughs> if, if you're not aware of or heard of a, a phishing attack, a phishing attack is when uh, you receive an email and it looks like a legitimate request from a website you might use, whether it's Netflix or your bank or PayPal or even an internal company website. It looks like one of the tools that you normally use because someone's engineered a much more specific attack for your organization. And they look real. I mean, they have the exact same logos and they'll have a similar sounding domain name or it'll be like or Netflix dot security company something dot com something that sounds official so sally or john clicks on this right and then that could download a malicious code or at least take them to a website that looks like their bank 
and then they're trying to enter their username and password and they wonder why it doesn't work. That company <laughs> just grabbed that username and password and they're going to go to your bank site and try to get money. Wow. But with Hook, what, they click on this. What does it do? Uh, it'll say that you got hooked. It gives you a screen that shows um, a video and it explains that you you are part of a phishing attack and it gives you a video to watch and you watch that video and it educates you in a fun way to tell you what not to do next time. <laughs> and that's a great way to learn those when you do something like that. No. And the other cool things are, is you get reports, you'll know what percentage of your people failed, who failed. And this isn't meant to be punitive to people. It's meant to get an idea if your training programs and, and the training that you're delivering are successful because over time, Ideally, the amount of people that click on this, this ethical phishing, we'll call it, that SISEC, as uh, our partner Hook calls it, that those numbers should start to go down. And if your education is successful, it should go down. So there's going to be two signs inside of every break room. Zero days since last, what, accident? <laughs> and zero days since last SISEC incident? If you wanted to do that, I mean, in a way, that's not a bad idea. You could kind of gamify your cybersecurity program to well, say, yeah, because you don't want this thing to be like you said earlier. You don't want to make them feel no, like a victim. But. No, because you know that's why there's companies like us. Your, your staff's not cybersecurity experts, and and if you don't train them, they don't know. Right. And it's part of a comprehensive security policy. The hardware and the software is important. Yet you have to protect your uh, network. But the most vulnerable thing once you start. Shoring that up, once you put firewalls and endpoint protections, most vulnerable thing is generally um, email and users. Yeah. And so um, you can do email filters. They don't always catch all the spam. And so they don't always catch all the phishing attacks. And uh, so you know, bad things can happen. And, and that last line of defense, that human firewall, just a person recognizing that that URL looks wrong could save your company tens of thousands of dollars in data loss or damage. I would start with a minimum quarterly training, reinforced with something like a SciSec product from Hook Security. And then um, there's other things you can do using two-factor authentication, all your critical business apps now, you probably should look at going that way because with two-factor authentication, even if the password is compromised, there's a, another piece that people need, whether it's a token, which is a set of numbers that changes every 60 seconds, or um, an SMS to your, you know, a text message to your cell phone. So you still have to have the person's cell phone. So if the person's password is compromised, they would also need their cell phone compromised too for them to be able to access that application. And this is particularly important with cloud applications because um, cloud applications generally can be uh, accessed from anywhere um, unless you are using certain ACLs with your cloud provider. Some Some applications have that ability, but Two factors, very important. Another thing that's very important, and this is particularly for, for managers, um, you can be non-technical, but need to be aware of this. When we talk about policies and procedures, you need to make sure you have an environment open enough that if someone in your organization does something that may be bad, they may realize they clicked on something they shouldn't have, they have to be able to come tell you and you have to be able to respond to it. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, the first thing I would do is uh, shut down the machine, disconnect from the network. Um, and then call your cybersecurity provider immediately. If you don't have one, call one. The faster that you can keep things from creeping through your network, the better. Um, some of these, some of the um, ransomwares and some of the real nasty ones can spread like wildfire. 
And before you know it, every machine on your network could be infected. So call us, have a conversation. We talk about it. Yeah, because again, we say this every episode. It's, this is not about doom and gloom. This is not about trying to scare you. But in the same breath, we have to kind of tell you this stuff's bad. I don't want this to happen to anybody. And that goes into, um, I talked about the two-factor authentication. Another thing that people need to be really aware of that needs to be done in in um, at least quarterly training, but social engineering and the social attacks, basically they'll use your Facebook and your Twitter and your LinkedIn and information they can gather from that and whatever you have public, or even if they say they want to be your friend and you don't know this person and you connect with them anyways, there's a lot you can gather from Facebook. A lot of times it shows who your relatives are. Pretty easy to figure out a mother's maiden name. What's the first question the bank asks you when you're on the phone with them? All those security questions. And yeah. so, so somebody's building a profile on you somewhere. Yep. And, uh, and unfortunately, we live in a world where we, I wish we didn't have to be vigilant against these things. I wish there wasn't the dishonest people that there are, but, but you have to be. And so, um, you know, basic things you can do on social media, it's not perfect. There's always some vulnerabilities if you have it, but you know, I don't recommend that you have your, uh, the year of your birth. So, and then don't put out things that you can extrapolate that too much. Like you don't want to say you graduated from high school and you know, 2000 pretty easy to figure out within a year how old you were. Yeah. You know, oh, stuff yeah. like that. See what, so um, you can start putting together people's date of births. And you know, like I said, if you list all your relatives and, and, and we all want to do this and we want to stay connected and stuff like that. And so the other thing is, is, is to be a lot choosier about who you, do you actually know this person in the real world? And if you don't, you probably shouldn't say, okay, be my friend. <laughs> Just to kind of recap. One is training for your employees. Two is Learn about two-factor authentication. And three. Uh, it goes back into the training, but learn about social engineering. It's it's another vulnerability because we've all done the things where we set the security questions for our password if we ever need to reset it. And it's always the same kind of questions. What model was your first car? What color was your first car? Yep. What, was your, what city was your first job in? Well, if I know what high school you went to, I probably got an idea what city your first job was in. Well, since these questions are used a lot in a lot of things. My personal recommendation is to lie, lie consistently so you can remember, but don't put the high school you really went to, put some other high school. Nice. Don't put the same first car you had, put some other car and don't put your mother's maiden name, put some other name. Just, it's not too many things to remember, but use those always, use them consistently wrong. That way people don't put it together from your social engine. So that means you're going to change your first car from a Ford Escort to <laughs> Lamborghini? My first car was horrible. I had a 1983 Dodge Charger Shelby Ooh. 2 plus 2, which is this little four-cylinder like precursor to the Dodge Daytona. And it was a real POS. <laughs> <laughs> it cost me $300. In 1995. What was gas back then? 92 cents. Well, back in my day, <laughs> gas was only 92 cents. Hey, when first pandemic first hit, though, I saw, I still have a picture of it. I saw gas in Michigan for 97.9 at a mire. Wow. Wow. What road did you park your uh, car on, your first car? I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to tell me? <laughs> no. <laughs> when did you graduate? <laughs> Man. A long time ago. <laughs> I'm looking at a human firewall. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, guys, that's all we have right now. And like I said, to become the human firewall, we've got those three tips. 
please write them down. If you have any questions, we'd be happy to sit down with you, any of the advisors in your company and walk them through a strategy. Uh, we're always here to listen. We want to help you come up with, with solutions because we don't want anyone to fall victim. And uh, Philip, you've been kind enough to offer a free consultation to anybody that reaches out to us. It's free. Yeah, um, there'll be a link below. Uh, get on Casey's calendar. We'll both meet with you if you want or one or the other. And we will talk about, um, I don't care if you got five employees, you got 5,000 employees. There are things you can do to be uh, vigilant. And um, it's not even that you can do, you probably should do. <laughs> I hate to sound salesy, but it's, um, and, and we're willing to come in and help you for uh, no cost. I mean, we can come in. There's things we can do that are near free that at least get you some basic protection and make you not low hanging fruit. I like it. All right, guys, take care. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Mogility Networks podcast. We sure do appreciate it. And we hope you got a lot of value out of this cast.